When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 6, Episode 19, Chapter Titled. Be true. Buzz, buzz. Does it say buzz, buzz? No, but I needed to emphasize the fact that it's not just like, be true. It's like, buzzy bees. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. (laughs) I'm the boy. I'm the girl. Uh, And we're buzzing. We are. Uh, How much do you love bees? Is that my question? I mean, it wasn't going to be, but now it is. I love bees so much. Like, I... They are one of my favorite parts of the universe. I love them. Yeah. At work, sometimes we pet them. They're just so cute. And all the different types of bees are amazing. And watching them collect pollen is amazing. There are these roses called Ragosa roses that are like really open and they have a lot of pollen in them. And the bees will actually like get in there and they roll around like little puppies. And they're so cute. Does that answer your question? I mean, I guess. I still am not sure how you feel about bees. How do you feel about bees? I think they're great. I don't uh, watch them roll around in flowers, but I do love bees. Like, I, I've never been the guy, like, I've always been, even as a as a kid, when everybody's running from the bees, I'm like, just don't run from it. Let it, like, I, I would, like, let them land on me, and it's like... As long as you don't scare it, you're probably not going to get stung. Uh, every once in a while you do. And I'm not allergic, so it doesn't matter. But I I mean, if you are allergic, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, my plan is within the next few years to have bees, like have hives on our property. Because I just love bees so much. I mean, they're so important for the environment. And I do like that. Um, for all the, the, the awfulness that is the collective internet, there are good things. Like when we were kids, nobody talked about how important the bees were and how, uh, uh, we needed to try to save them or, or, or harvest, not harvest them, but cultivate them. Mm -hmm. Um, and now that's kind of like, everybody knows how important bees are and, and plenty of people are, have taken up beekeeping because of it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, that is pretty cool. Yep, I love it. Have you ever dated anybody shorter than you? Mm, no, I don't think so. I haven't dated a lot of people. I know, I know. So, it, that's why the B question became more uh, exciting. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... One of my boyfriends in high school might have been just like a touch shorter than me, but I honestly can't remember. Mm. But I don't know. I don't think I ever paid attention. I've always felt tall. Yeah. Yeah. I've always felt like I take up a lot of space. Right. So I think in my brain, like I just am taller than everybody. Well, I know. And it's nuts. I mean, uh, I make fun of you for it all the time, but. Class, it's true. Uh, she thinks she's as tall as me. And sometimes she thinks she's taller than me. And I'm like, do you not understand how height works? Like, I am three and a half, probably four inches taller than her. And when we stand face to face, 
she has to look up to see my eyeballs. But in her mind, she is as tall as me. And I don't understand. I mean, I do understand at this point. Like, she just ha is completely unaware of what her body is. Um, but it is funny. Have you ever have you ever dated someone taller than you? Yep. <laughs> yeah, my my uh, daughter's mom, Aubrey's mom, is uh, taller than me. Yeah, she's a solid six foot tall. She wasn't as tall as that as she was when, or as she, what? She wasn't as tall as she is now when mm. you were dating. Right, uh, but she was taller than me still. Um, I, I think she's really the only one that I've ever dated that was taller than me. That's not true, but like in high school like girls i dated for like two weeks or whatever mm -hmm. but um i do feel i feel the same way that well we'll get into it but i feel similar to the way jack felt like it, it does kind of put this whole like oh no i'm not i'm not i'm too short like this is uncomfortable this is weird this is this is wrong right um so i get it would you ever date somebody shorter than you um, like if I suddenly shrank f uh, six inches, would you be like, you mean like, I would just be like, I'm not going out in public with you now because yeah. I'm taller. Than no, I feel taller than everybody anyway. Yeah, it wouldn't true. change anything. That's true. All it would do is validate my feelings about myself. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that was my question, but that's all I got. You ready to move on? Yeah. You know what else we did? Wait. What? You didn't ask, like, have you been? I didn't ask you, have you been? We haven't talked about what we were watching this week. We didn't do anything. I just figured there's not much interesting there at this point. Are you but kidding me? I'm sorry. It seems to have thrown you into a panic attack. How have you been? What have you been up to? I watched, I finished watching the final season or the most recent season of Great British Baking Show. And it was wonderful. And I've watched every season up until this point. And I don't think I have felt as uh, attached to a group of contestants as I did in this season. And goodness, like, I miss them so much already. It was such a good season. I laughed. I cried. It's this, like, both of those are true. What else have you watched? Mm. Muppet Christmas Carol. It's true. I came home from D&D &D and that was on the TV. Otherwise, I don't think we've really watched anything. We haven't had time. We've barely seen each other. It's true. But we're seeing each other now. For our weekly one hour sit down with each other. It's our date. I mean, to be fair, after, you know, after like eight o'clock, we're always in bed together watching something or something's on TV. It's just usually... You're watching TikTok and I'm playing a video game, so we're not mm -hmm. really like together together. Right. I'm like half asleep reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is our date. Yep. Have you watched anything? I don't think so. Um I played some of Death Gam Death's Gambit Afterlife, and it's a super good game. And if I had talked about it four days ago, I'd have been like, It's an amazing game. But then I get stuck and I haven't played it since. So <laughs> All right. All right. You know what else we did? What? We watched Boy Meets World, Season 6, Episode 19, Chapter Titled. Be true. Buzz, buzz. <laughs> uh, can you go ahead and blur me up, though? 
I can't. Blurb me up. The blurb for this episode is Eric, Corey, and Sean work together to help Feeney. Concise. Mm -hmm. This episode was directed by Mickey Dolans. Oh. And it was written by David Brownfield. Um, Who's that? I don't know. Quite a, quite a, he has a new face. He's a new face in the world of Boy Meets World. Interesting. Do you want me to look him up real quick? No, that's fine. Okay. No, let's, let's get to the meat of the episode because it's a good one. So, classroom or not, Tanya? Not. We are not in the classroom. Where are we? We're at Chucky's. Mm-hmm. Feeney's walking into Chucky's. And Eric is sitting at a table in the corner, and he's just like, Feeney, you sit here now. And Mr. Feeney's like, I do not have time for this. Please stop. And Eric decides to launch into a discussion with Mr. Feeney about how he hasn't been moving forward with Dean Bolander and how, you know, he's he's like, how old are you now? 90? 100? And Mr. Feeney's like, a thousand. What is, like, what do you want? And Eric just kind of says, like, you're not getting any younger. And you need to, like, cement this thing with Dean Bolander. You know that you like her. Or you have the hots for her. And Mr. Feeney's like, do not reduce my feelings for this woman to the hots. And unless that's what she says, and then definitely yes. Yeah, and then, so he's very dismissive of, of Eric and, and wants no part of this. And Eric is like, you've got to you've gotta get moving on this. And Feeney says, listen, a woman like this, you take your time to romance. And then we cut immediately to... Well, and he says, like an, orchid. Oh, like an orchid. I'm a gardener. I know these things. Yeah, you remember that part for sure. I do, because all I can think of is that, like, generally, and especially, especially in, I don't know, Pennsylvania, you don't put orchids in the garden. So, like, it, I mean, a gardener... Are you actually Mr. Feeney yes. about flowers? Okay. Um, mansplaining. Um, so, the dean's walking in mm-hmm. with Angela... And Topanga. Yeah, they're like best buddies with the dean of their college that <laughs> thousands of people go to. Yeah. And the dean is just like, I don't understand why he won't hurry up. Like, we're running out of time here. And Topanga and Angela are kind of talking her through it. And Dean Bolander is saying, like, he needs to pick up the pace. I've been dropping hints constantly. And they're like, really? What hints? And Dean Bolander says, I hitched my skirt up during the lecture the other day. And Angela's just like, damn. And it was it was a good moment. It was a good moment. But then, so Dean uh, Bolander walks over to Feeney and they kind of have a quick talk. And it's kind of awkward and uncomfortable. Like, they're happy to see each other. But you can tell, like, they're in that weird stage of a... Of a pre-relationship well well and then eric kind of says like all right you need to turn around you need to go for it you need to go for it right now and feeney gets up and he's like you know what you're right i'm gonna do it and eric is like behind him he's like yes go feeney you got this and mr feeney's like please go away right now he's like i'm gone i'm gone mr feeney turns 
walks towards Dean Bolander, says, excuse me. He's like, I've been trying to say this to you for a while now. I have, I have something I need to ask you. And at that moment. Boom. What was that boom? Was there thunder? No, that was the door the being door, burst the, open. The door gets kicked in and in comes a guy who's dressed like Indiana Jones. And he's like, Layla, it's so great to see you. And they like hug and like hold hands. And um, and he tells her she hasn't aged at all while he's out in the wild doing archaeological digs. And they're just very flirty with each other. And they start walking over like arm in arm. And the dean is like, I really want you to meet someone to this guy. And he's like, she's like, um, this is my friend and colleague, George Feeney, Feeney, or Mr. Feeney. This is Kurt. Curtis. Curtis. Oh. Uh... Kincaid. Kincaid, yeah. Um, Curtis Kincaid. I thought it was just Kurt. No, it was Curtis. Okay. Um, and Mr. Feeney says, oh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Kincaid. And he's like, oh, oh, don't call me Mr. It's Dr. Kincaid. And then, like, Eric is, like, behind him and he's like, oh, no. And then the dean says, this is my ex-husband. And, uh... Eric goes, see, X, you got nothing to worry about, Feeney. And then he, uh, Dr. Kincaid, turns to the dean and says, and I'm here to win Layla's heart back. And, and she definitely turns around looking a little swoony. She does. She does. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and now we cut to, oh, it's just later. We cut to later in the, in the. Um, no, we're wrong. He tells those stories in the classroom. That's true. He, it is in the classroom. We go to the hallway where there's a bake sale set up. Corey and Sean are running a bake sale. Eric is standing there explaining poetically about Mr. Feeney's situation and how they have to help him. But they're doing it like Godfather style, mm -hmm. where he's just like, I came to talk to you. I need... Feeney, our, our family, is in trouble. Um, it was really funny. It was really, really funny. And well Corey, acted. Corey's just like... Why do you come here now on this, the day of our bake sale? Um, and he's like, I come to you, my hat in hand. And Corey goes, my hat. And he goes, it's in my hand. <laughs> the whole thing, the entire exchange is phenomenal. But ultimately, Sean and Corey say, no, they're not going to help. They're busy with the bake sale. They've turned and, legitimate. They're not about that life of crime anymore. Right. And Corey points out the fact that he punched someone. A teacher. Um, and that, you know, he was put on probation. And Continuity. Dean, yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. And Dean Bolander could, like, kick him out. And Sean talks about the things he learned on the road, he spent $68 to travel the United States, and he talks about the things that he's learned. Um, but ultimately, they, they say no. And Eric says, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so disappointed to call you my brother and Sean. <laughs> uh, so now we cut back to, or no, we, we cut to the apartment, uh, where there's some make-a-routing going on. There is, it's... It's Rachel and Jack making out. I will say, 
They're making out for sure. They're going to town. But they're not making out it's making not, out. It's not. I mean, they're making out making out, but they're not Rachel making out. Mm-mm. This, they were told to tone this down. <laughs> or it's a true show of what happens when people have been together for a little while. And like before they had to like get the passion oh, in no, really, really quick because Eric could walk in at any moment. Now they have the whole apartment to themselves. So and and Rachel points out this is all we do anymore. Like uh, all we do is make out. And and Jack goes, yeah, isn't it great? And she's like, I want to go out. I want to. She says, I want to go somewhere. He's like, you know what? You're right. Let's go to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I mean, I want to go out. And he's like, okay, um, let's go to the movie. She's like, no, I want to go dancing. And he's like, but the movies. And she's like, no, it's dark. I would. I want to be able to show you off. Like sweet. It's very sweet. And Jack is just like, fine, we can go dancing. And you don't know why, but he is very depressed at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, anyway, now we go back to, the, or we go to Classroom Tanya? or not, Alden? Classroom! Middle yes. of the episode. Middle of the episode classroom is what we got right here. And Dr. Kincaid, Curtis, as I'm going to call him, because he does not deserve the Dr. Kincaid title. Uh, in this part, though, I'm pretty sure they say Kurt Kincaid. They might. Sure. But earlier she called him Curtis. Okay. So I am just going to call him Curtis. Okay. Because Curtis is a liar. He's a fibber. <laughs> He's telling uncharted stories. He is Nathan Draking everything. He was Nathan Drake before Nathan Drake. Mm-hmm. Although I guess Indiana Jones was Nathan Drake before Nathan Drake. Yeah. But all I can say is... One, while he was talking, I thought, hmm, he's a liar. Two, I thought, hmm, I need to go back and play the Uncharted games so bad. Yeah. It's been forever. I want to watch you go back and play the Uncharted games so bad. I love watching you play those games. Well, I have no way to play it right now. And we have the movie coming up. Mm, I hope that's good. I think it will be. I really do. I think it'll be great. I'm not sure. Anyway. I am. Okay. Anyway, so... Uh, he's telling stories about how he like took this gem from a uh, chieftain and and ran it back to the museum of wherever, and um, the the girls are like swooning. A- uh, Angela and Topanga are like, oh yeah. So Angela and Topanga are in this class, and and they're like, oh. And Eric is sitting right behind them in this class, so they have a class together, and. Sean is sitting right next to Eric. Right, which I didn't realize. So first you see Eric, who's like, oh, come on. This is ridiculous. And like Topanga and Andrew are just like, oh, wow. And then it cuts over beside Eric. And Sean and Corey are also in this class. They just like go to whatever classes they want to go to Mm -hmm. at this point. And uh, uh, Curtis is talking while the dean is watching and Feeney is watching, and then Feeney goes up to teach, and he's being super Feeney about it, like right. he's he's being a teacher. He has a lesson plan that he's trying to go by. Yeah, and uh, as he starts teaching, uh, Curtis turns to um, the dean and says, oh, "Boring," and she's like, "Come on, he is a fine whatever educator." educator. And he goes, I guess it's hard when you've lived it to to actually read it in a book. 
And Eric starts to get, like, upset. Mm -hmm. And he looks over at Corey and Sean and is like, you know what we have to do. I think he walks over, he walks over by the Dean and he, like, I mean, he walks over by Feeney and goes, you're losing him. And, yeah, he looks at Corey and Sean and they're just, like, they look at each other like, we have to take care of this, this Mm -hmm. Curtis. And now we go to. The archaeological room. The science lab. It looks like just like an archaeological. It looks room. like a museum. It's the, they they point out though that it is the science lab and uh, Curtis has moved all of his things in there before the big. I don't like know. Like since after his big dig, he put all of the artifacts well, in this room. And there's something coming up that he wants to show his prized possession. It's going to change the world. Mm-hmm. Um. So they walk in. They're like, "All right, let's do this." Um, this is for Feeney, and they're like little children, and they're just like walking around and like picking stuff up, and oops, dropping things, like throwing papers everywhere, and then they find this jar that has a brain in it, and they have the whole discussion about like the person who has the brain will win the girl, mm-hmm. so they go to open the jar and they can't get it open and sean is like hand me that phoenician what was it phoenician hammer Hammer. and Corey starts to hand him something else and sean goes no that's that's an egyptian dental tool hand me that thing over there it was funny it was really good then he gets the hammer and hits the jar with it and the hammer breaks and then he picks up a statue uh-huh. and hits the side of the jar and like the statue old, falls apart. It's like an old Egyptian, um, um, yeah, statue, sculpture. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it falls apart. And now I'm, I'm getting annoyed by watching this. Like I wasn't I annoyed. I was anxious. I'm just like, oh, why are they just letting this happen? It's not funny. Yeah. But then on the other, like on the other side of it, there was something funny about it. I know. And as a TV show, it was like a funny TV show moment. But I mean, this was it. There were priceless artifacts that they were just like, <laughs> look what we're doing. Like it was another level of, of Corey and Sean. Like they it wasn't um, uh, funny. Like it wasn't a uh, mishap. You know what I mean? Right. It was destroying priceless artifacts. Mm hmm. Maybe they didn't believe that they actually were priceless artifacts. Like, Sean did keep saying, oh, we can get that on QVC. There's six million left. <laughs> he does which, say. to me, makes it seem like they think he's a liar. Well, he is. So they they do say, maybe that's it. Like, that he's a liar and they know it. Um, when they break the hammer, Sean says, we'll just go get another one at Bed Bath and Phoenicians. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they get the jar open. And Corey immediately lifts the brain, which they've decided is the first brain ever discovered. And mm-hmm. he lifts it out of the gooey stuff in the jar. And he's like, I hold in my hand this brain. And then it like sl- he goes to like toss it to he says, Sean. Yeah, he says, think fast. And Sean doesn't catch it. And it falls on the ground. Sean picks it up and it's in two pieces now. And Sean does say, well, do you want the artistic side or the... The motor skills. The motor skills, yeah. Um, so they have broken the first brain ever discovered in half. Um, they're like, you have to put it back in the jar. Like, just put it back in. And 
Corey like just kind of mushes it together, puts it back in the jar and it slides apart again in the jar. And like he picks up the jar. He's like, well, at least I've got the brain. He turns around and drops the jar on top of other broken things and everything's a mess. And now there's like a bee flying around. I'm like, what's going on with this bee? Uh, let me open the window. Because the jar broke another jar. Right. That had a bee in it. And Corey says, oh, isn't isn't that going to set off the alarm? And then the alarm goes off. And then they're like, oh, this is about the time where a teacher's going to come in because they hear the alarm. Hmm. I wonder who that teacher's going to be. And in comes Mr. Feeney. The only teacher in the college. "Mm -hmm." And he's like, what is going on in here? And they're like, we didn't do this. And he's like, yes, you did. He's like, no, we didn't. You did this. And then they shut him in the room. And run out. Yeah. Um, So now we go... To the classroom. We did miss, in the middle of this whole, the shenanigans, uh, Feeney teaching in a classroom. And Eric is there. Mm -hmm. And my first thought was like, oh, so and now Eric is in this class, but nobody else is in this class. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, uh, Feeney says, "You don't even," because Eric starts talking about the dean to Feeney in front of the class, and Feeney is like, "You're not even in this classroom, Mr. Matthews." And Eric starts talking, <laughs> and first, Feeney tries to say, "Look, I'm not talking about the booty," because because Eric calls her the booty. Mm-hmm. And Feeney says, I'm not talking about the booty in front of everyone else. We'll talk about this later. No one knows what's going on. And Eric goes, really? Hey, everybody. Who's Mr. Feeney dating? And everyone goes, the Dean. And Feeney gets upset. And he's like, everybody leave. Everybody leave. Mm -hmm. And uh, Eric walks up to Mr. Feeney at that point. And they're kind of discussing the situation. And I don't remember what Mr. Feeney says. It was like... Um, well, uh, you know, romancing someone takes time and blah, blah, blah. And let, you have to let the woman make her own choice and, and let her, um, get over her first love before her new love. And Eric goes, uh, word salad. Anyway, you are the new love. Uh, and, and he explains like what, Mr. Feeney is in is a love triangle and he knows what love triangles are like. Also, when he says triangle, he makes a square in the air with his hands. Um, And he says like, I was just in a love triangle and I lost. And then he's just like, Rachel. Okay. All right. I'm okay. Just like you. And Mr. Feeney's just like, I do not want to be like you. And then we go back the, to the, arch- we go, the archaeological dig stuff. Yeah. And that's where Feeney runs in and um, gets locked in. And then we cut to the apartment. Mm-hmm. Rachel comes down the stairs. She is ready to go dancing. She is wearing a gorgeous dress. She looks amazing. She's like, Jack, are you ready? It's time to go dancing. And Jack comes out and he's like, yes, let's go. I'm so excited to go dancing. He comes down the stairs. He stands beside Rachel and he's the same height as her. And she's like, what is going on here? You're taller. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, what are you wearing? And he says, these are my dancing shoes. 
And then it, like, goes down to his feet, and there are these gigantic, like, platform shoes. She's like, are you wearing elevator shoes? And he was like, that's not what they called them at the store. Um, And he says, like, or she she goes, oh, so you're just embarrassed to be seen with me because I'm too tall. And, and just like everybody else, you think I'm just too tall. And he goes, no, I'm afraid that they're going to say, why is that model dating that shrimp? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Jack, we, we, no one's even going to notice or something. Just put your shoes on and let's go dancing. So he changes his shoes out. And, then and they- he's much more enthusiastic at this point now that they've gotten like this conversation under their belt. And they walk out of the apartment. They walk into the elevator and there's a woman in the elevator and she just looks over at them and she goes, she's too tall for you. Um... Now we go back to the science room. Yep. And the door opens up. The dean comes in with Corey and Sean in tow. Mr. Feeney has been trying to put the brain back together, obviously. He's cleaning up. And the dean is like, what is going on here, George? And he's like, I didn't do this. They did it. And they're like, no, we didn't. Would you believe him over us? And she's like, what is happening right now? And Eric, who's also there uh is like l- listen what happened here is a crime of passion a crime of love and, and oh angela's there too yeah. and topanga yeah the- everybody's there yeah oh you know what i remember them all arriving because <laughs> i remember thinking like did the entire class just walk in there but no it was just the three of them yeah but it still is weird that they all walked into this building they were all room. in on the scheme though they knew what was going to be happening oh i guess I didn't know Angela and Topanga were in on it. I'm pretty sure they were in on it. Well, anyway. Because um, Corey says, like, we've been upstairs selling muffins all day. Yeah, that's true. And they're like, they're like, Topanga, you would never lie. Where's Corey been? And she's like, he's been upstairs selling muffins all day. And Angela's like, yeah, all they've been doing is selling muffins. And Corey and Charlotte C were legitimate. Yeah, and so the dean walks over to Mr. Feeney, and she's like, was this a crime of love and or an act of love? And he, like, looks behind her at the boys who are standing there, like, miming, like, yes. And now is when he decides he wants to listen to them and tells her yes. Mm-hmm. And then... Kincaid bursts in and is like, what is happening with all my stuff? What is going on in here? And um, and he's like picking up things. He's like, where's my bee? He picks up the pieces of the jar that the bee was in. He's like, where's the bee? The bee was going to get me a Nobel Prize. It was an African killer bee. An African killer bee. And Sean's like, wait a minute. African killer bees are already here. And he's like, this was a new breed. What it was going to do is it, it has like a backwards migration pattern. So all it would have to do is basically mate with the bees here. And then it would end up putting them on the same cycle as him, which would get them away from the United States and put them back in their native habitat. And, um, and at the same time, 
Dean Bolander is like picking things up and she's like, oh, this statue that you got us on or got me on my anniversary. And he's like, I don't care about the statue. I don't care about any of this useless junk. All I care about is my bee. And then he looks over and he's like, don't move. My bee is on your neck. And she's like, Curtis, I'm allergic to bees. You have to be careful. Please be careful. And he's like, oh, what's a little bit of puffing and swelling? You'll be fine. This is going to save the world and I'm going to be rich. And Mr. Feeney is pissed. And he steps in. He's like, Layla, stand still. And rips the bee off of her neck and holds it in his hand. And then he says, ouch. And then he opens his hand and he hands it over to uh, Curtis. And he's like, there's your bee. The stinger will come out once it works its way out of my skin. And, and... He grabs the bee and starts like, no, don't die, don't die. And runs out. Yeah. And Dean Bullender turns to Mr. Feeney and is like, George, that is the best thing anyone has ever done for me. And he's just like, I would never let anything hurt you ever. I hope you know that. And I don't think that you would let anything hurt me either. Because they're in love. Aww. And then... uh he smooches her mm-hmm. in front of all the their friend, the children, the yeah. friends, the children. All their kid friends. Yeah. Um, so now we go back to Chucky's. Yeah, and- because Corey and Sean, as they're as the grownups are kissing, they're like, I can't believe we actually got away with this one. And then it immediately like immediately cuts to Corey and Sean in orange jumpsuits, squeegeeing. The windows of Chucky's. And they're like, we've cleaned like 700 windows today. This is so much work. I can't believe we have to do this. And it cuts to uh, the Dean and Feeney inside. And Feeney is like, thanks for going easy on the boys. Uh, and you you never thought I had anything to do with this? And she goes, you know, the par- part of the reason I care about you is because of the way that your students feel about you. And she kisses his boo-boo on his uh-huh. hand. And Mr. Feeney's like, all better. And then Eric comes over and he's like, all right, Dean. Me and Feeney are like best friends, which means I'm going to be around a lot. So if you guys are going to be getting into any, you know, stuff that freaky, whatever you guys, you know, do, maybe we should have some kind of warning call, some kind of sign. And Feeney gets up and like grabs him and like starts to push him, him away. He's like, yeah, just like that. Now we cut to the post credit scene, which is in the classroom. Mm, no, super not. I can't read my writing it's from here. It's in the elevator. Yeah, it's in the elevator. Uh, Rachel and Jack are getting off the elevator, and they had so much fun dancing. And um, Jack was like, I can't believe I cared so much about this. But as they get off, there's a lady in the hallway that's like, she's too tall for you. And Jack's just like, ugh, whatever. They go to go into the apartment and someone is robbing them of, I don't know what it was. For some (laughs) reason, I thought it was a typewriter. And Jack is like, get back. He's got like a bat in his hand and this, this burglar is wearing a ski mask. And he's like, get back. I put my stuff down. And the burglar takes off the ski mask and it's another 
elderly woman and is she's just like she's too tall for you and walks out with the typewriter and that's the episode that's the episode what a weird one tanya how did you feel about this episode i loved it i loved it it was so fun like it was really really fun and this is one of those episodes a lot of the really fun episodes i don't remember very well until i watch them but this one for some reason i remember so clearly maybe it's the anxiety of watching them destroy all of those artifacts mm. that makes me remember it because i always picture them in that room um but i also the b plot has, <laughs> b plot <laughs> that's really good the B plot has always hit home for me because I've I've always felt like people would wonder why I was with the person that I was with. I mean, especially with Alden, where like I always feel like people are looking at us and be like, why is he with her? Like, what is wrong with this? Ridiculous. Um so I I like the B plot too, even though it was kind of minuscule. Um but all of Mr. Feeney's things were hilarious. Eric was phenomenal. Um, Corey and Sean were so funny. And even Topanga and Angela with their little bit parts in helping were fantastic. There isn't a lot to say about it. No. Um, because it was just kind of, it was just a fun episode. Mm -hmm. Um but I absolutely loved it. And the whole bake sale scene was so good. That's how I felt about it. How did you feel about it? I thought it was good. I wasn't as in love with it as you were um, because the stuff in the the um, in the science lab annoyed me so much. But if I like try to convince myself that these were all fakes, then I feel a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, overall, as a season or as a as a TV episode, it was really funny to watch and and enjoyable to have on. And um, we didn't really, I mean, we, we got, by having this silly TV episode, we got confirmation on Feeney and Dean's relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, and we really got to see Jack struggling, um, you know, uh, uh, he was one of the hottest guys of the, the late 90s, you know what I mean? And even he is struggling with the fact that he doesn't feel like he can hold up to the girl that he's with. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was interesting to watch because it's everybody deals with that at right. times in their life. Um, so it was fun to watch. I wish it hadn't ended so weird, mm -hmm. like with the the typewriter thief, the typewriter thief. But up until that moment, I, I thought it was really good. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, there's not much to say. It was just a fun TV episode. Mm -hmm. Save the bees. Save the bees, please. And the typewriters. Save the bees and the typewriters. Save the bees, the typewriters, and the tall girls. Save the bees and the typewriters. <laughs> um, anyway, Tanya, I guess, like, that's all we're going to say. I don't think there's anything left You're to right. say. There's not. It's a great episode, but it's not, like, there isn't anything to dissect. Like, it was funny. It was very funny. And, mm -hmm. and that's how it is. Yeah. All right. Well, Tanya, tell yep. people where they can find us if they want to 
talk or not talk about this episode. All right. You can tweet at us at BMG and BMW. You can email us at BMG and BMW at gmail.com. And then you can join our Facebook group, which is really fun. Um, just type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World into the search bar. You'll get approved. And then you can chat with us about the episode every week or even just post whatever you want. We don't care. It's a really fun community. Yes, it is. Back to you, Alden. <laughs> what? What's going on? Okay, um, that's going to do it for us, I guess. So this is the shortest episode ever, and uh, you're welcome, or thank you, or... Sorry. Sorry. I don't know why I said thank you at all. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 19. Do good. Class dismissed. <laughs>